Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Infinite Boost podcast. I am back with uh, a guest that possibly nobody would have expected me to have, including uh, the guest. I (laughs) usually like to ask people if they have questions before I get started. And his first question was, why me? And I guess now I'm also responding with, why not? Good neighbor. Thank you so much for joining me here on the show. Of course. I'm glad to be here. Now, I guess I don't need to get into the complete backstory of where your name comes from, but do you usually go like if you're playing with friends if you're doing something like that, do you do they call you neighbor, good neighbor or just I, you put Jake on here? Do you go by like what do people usually call you? Um all, like right off the bat, it's usually good neighbor. And then as things progress, it shortens into neighbor. And then I just say, look, just just call me Jake. And okay. uh, I, I I mean, the name obviously came from everyone knowing my name. And it's like, hey, Jake from State Forum. And then uh, it's like, you know what? We'll just go with good neighbor. And then I don't like uh, I, I've been having second thoughts about it because obviously you don't want to relate your brand to another brand. But mm-hmm. uh it's it's it relates to it but at the same time it doesn't because i mean you can take good neighbor as a few different ways yeah but i I, I do like to be called jake okay i i like the play on it though like you weren't just like jake from state farm or like lean into that it's a kind of play on it where good neighbor at the same time could stand on its own if like i you know, if I didn't know your name was Jake, the connection wouldn't be there at right. all. And honest, so if you're not at all familiar with Jake or Good Neighbor, uh, you're usually uh, wearing like a jacket and tie on your stream. So I don't know <laughs> if that's playing into so, the Good Neighbor thing. It it, it does. Um, so I have like this weird obsession with suits and ties. Uh, whether that be like action movies where you have like the secret agent with suits and ties, 007, uh, Hitman, all that stuff. Um, so like it kind of stemmed from there. And then the whole good neighbor with like an, the insurance company, State Farm, it's like a you have salesman and it's business related. So the suit just kind of played in with a lot of different ways, I guess. Uh, and I, I thought it would be a cool way to go with my brand because... How often do you see someone playing video games in a suit and tie? Yeah, I mean, I I like it. And again, if I didn't know your name was Jake, I would I would think you're just building a nice little brand for yourself. So yeah, and and it's professional. So uh, you do look very classy. <laughs> I I cannot I cannot take that away from you there. So uh, enough about all this brand nonsense. Of course, we are here to chat about some Rocket League. Um, and I came, I came across your stream as you were playing some six mans and it seemed to be some pretty high level stuff. I think, I think the, uh, you were in, in like a B rank. So was, you're obviously rank C rank. Right. Okay. 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 Rank I, C, I've, rank C. I've been in rank B before, but I had, I had taken a break from rocket league. You actually caught me, um, towards the beginning of a comeback, I guess, uh, I have a friend that asked me if we wanted to try try making a team and whatnot. And I was like, hey, you know what? I might get into some Rocket League again. And 
So, so you kind of caught me on the, uh, on the beginning of a comeback. See, every, everything happens for a reason. So I, I think that could be something interesting to talk about. But before we get to that, why don't you tell me about like your journey with Rocket League? How did you find Rocket League? How long have you been playing it? And kind of like where you've gotten to where you are now? So I've, I actually started playing Rocket League on the PlayStation 4. It was uh, 2015, and the game had just come out in June, I think. Uh, I was on an internship at the time for college. And my buddy was like, hey, uh, y'all should check out this game. Uh, you play soccer with cars, because we played FIFA all the time, and so we were pretty big uh, soccer fans, football, uh, however you call it. Um, and so we checked it out and it was probably one of the best summers I've had in terms of like just pure fun. And, uh, as things progressed, the game kind of got a lot more competitive than it was when it first came out. And I was like, Hey, I'm not that bad at this game. And I kept playing, kept grinding the ranks. And before you knew it, I was close to the top, uh, in terms of rank, not, not professional level, but, um, yeah, I just kept going with it. I've been playing it for six years now. And so rank C is like, what? what is that? Like, where do you sit rank wise? Uh, my rank at the moment is 1700. Uh, I, my highest rank was like 1860, I think. So it's like, that was right before Supersonic Legend came out. Uh, it was the season before free to play. Okay. Um, I played on one of the Alpine, uh, which is now Torrent. I played on one of the Alpine community teams, and uh, we pushed pretty high in terms of rank. And then uh, I stopped playing after our team disbanded. Got it. And then, what uh, What does it mean to play on a community team? So Alpine started out their uh, their org by hosting community tournaments, they called it. So a lot of right. like the up and coming bubble teams would uh, play in these tournaments to get practice against other up and coming bubble teams. And so Alpine would put on these tournaments and they also had their own rosters. So I guess what they would do is they would they would offer like people to play under their name and mm. it, it kind of gives you exposure, gives them exposure. Um they give you access to like coaches and whatnot. Like Alpine actually, I think had coaches. I don't know if they paid them or whatnot, but they had coaches in their org that would like offer to work with you. Sure. And so you get like little, like minor little benefits of it. Um, I never wanted to sign a contract with any of them because some of them would ask you to sign a contract. Alpine never did, which I was mm -hmm. thankful for. Um, but a lot of these, a lot of these orgs ask you to sign contracts, which I don't like. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, you just play under their name and you get slight benefits, I guess. Okay. So, and did that, do you feel like that came just from spending a lot of time in there or were you playing a lot of their tournaments? How did, were you playing with the same guys and then they kind of noticed you? How did that come about? Um, I found out I I'm friends with, um, with a coach and, he he knew about these tournaments because he had bubble teams and they would play in these tournaments and then all of a sudden i was in the alpine discord because you have to join their discords to join the tournament that's how they mm -hmm. organize it 
um, or you link it with your Smash account and whatnot. And I noticed they had an opening for a roster, and I was like, hey, I'll try out for this. So mm. we did that, and we got on a team and kept playing with them with and these uh, with that roster. Cool. Well, I'd, I will say that you sound extremely casual about your time spent in Rocket League, and yet you are 1,700 like a, a pretty high ranked individual. So I feel like uh, it came, it seems to have come pretty straightforward for you or, or pretty easy. Uh, I wouldn't say straightforward because I, I always consider myself the least mechanical of my rank. Like I always joke about me being very bad mechanically, but it's my play style, I guess, that allows me to get to where I am. Uh, more of like the mental side of things where you pay attention to your positioning and teammates and whatnot, awareness. Uh, and I, I also work a full-time job. I have a wife and a kid, so uh, we can't play Rocket League as much as some of these guys can. <laughs> so, Okay, so it's interesting that you say that because I have been thinking about this a little bit because, Waiton, do you watch Rocket League content that much at all? Uh, not as much as I wish I could. Okay. Um, but I do try to keep up with the RLCS as Got much it. as I can. All right. So Waiton just came out with a video talking about how ma decision making and like this, the brain side of the game is much more important than the mechanic side of the game. And he made his arguments and blah, blah, blah. And then you'll hear people quite often talk about how they're not very mechanic or they don't have very good mechanics. And the way that they get to their rank is by just being a smarter player. Right. And I, I don't get me wrong. Like, I think there is something to be said about that 100%. Like, if you make bad decisions, you're just not going to be able to do nearly as well as people that do make good decisions. So obviously, it's important for people to be able to make good decisions. Like, that is a big part of it. But it goes without saying that your mechanics can't be that bad for you to be able to play at like a high, high GC level. Right. So when you say you have your mechanics aren't that good, expand on that a little bit. Like, what do you feel like that actually means? Um, I would say the flashy stuff. So um, you see like in RLCS, you'll see these guys hit these, uh, air dribbles and double taps and flip, re flip resets and uh, all this kind of flashy uh, highlight plays. Uh, I, I can do them, but I'm not consistent at them um, as, as much as people at my rank are. Like, like a simple double tap off the wall, off the backboard is just kind of like a, like a, a habit at this point for some of these players. And I, st I still find myself having to like, think about it a little bit mm -hmm. um but i just don't like i don't put in the time i don't put in the time to train it um i just play it i i've played um soccer my entire life so i i feel like that's where my awareness comes from because i mean it's sort of like it is soccer in a sense where in terms of positioning and how you play with your teammates and whatnot and and i feel like that's where like my my awareness part comes in and I just don't put in the time for the mechanics. 
Sure. When you say the awareness part comes in, what what do you feel? How do you feel awareness for you comes in into play? What does that look like, or what kind of advantage does that give you? Uh, you, you so you see where your teammates are, so you can like position, like you know whether or not you need to back off. You know, because because I find a lot of times you'll catch a player like a teammate uh, creeping up more than he should. And he might not be paying attention and you're like, oh, maybe I should get back on defense. So or like you see a, a teammate uh, going back for boost and your other teammate is on the ball and you're like, well, someone needs to help him out. If my teammates on his way back for boost, no one's there to help him out. I'll turn and be there for anything that comes middle or uh, behind them, wherever you think the play's going, like that little bit of anticipation in terms of whether or not he can pass it or he's taking a 50 or losing the ball. So it's like just different ways to read your teammates. And then also um, looking for passes. Like I might be going for a ball and it's like, well, wait, I can't shoot this because they have one person on the backboard, one person in net and one person challenging you. So it's like, well, I have a teammate to my side, so I'll just pass it. Whereas you'll have a lot of people that are just going to default to an air dribble or a double tap or a flip reset. Like it's, I find a lot of these players only care about making highlight plays and so they can share a clip to go viral on Twitter or TikTok or whatever. <laughs> and uh, it frustrates me as a player because I like I like the team aspect of Rocket League and I like the pass plays and how you can outsmart your opponents and, and whatnot. Uh, I guess I'm a little bit biased because I'm not that flashy player. So it's like I want to u- utilize the passes and whatnot. But at the same time, I would say that those plays are overall more effective. The pass plays are the the pass. Yeah, like right, pass right, right. No, they and- they are like. There's a lot of times where I get mad. Like I say, I get mad. I'm just like frustrated and ranked. Where like I'll see a pass play and it's obvious that it would have gone in, and they just hit it right into the opponent. And it's like, come on, are you guys this high level and you can't see where your teammates are? And yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, I think the pass plays are just as effective and you can catch your opponent off guard pretty, I think, uh, pretty often. Did you did you watch the major at all this weekend? Uh, yes, I did watch most of it. Not all. Or, of it. or at least like the champion, like the grand final. I watched the last set of the grand final. I feel like. And I'd be I'd be open to I'd be interested in your opinion on this. I feel like one thing that I noticed a lot from BDS was they were doing a lot of exactly what you were just talking about. They were taking an extra touch or looking for one more controlling touch where NRG was expecting a shot or something that was going to put more pressure on their net. So they would react in a certain way and take themselves out of the play and give BDS a lot more opportunity to work with the ball. And that would happen on a very consistent basis. Yeah. I've, I've heard uh, like on Twitch and talking to players that people always try to uh, talk trash about the other region and they say how like EU is so boring to watch, but EU is they they focus more on the smarter play style than the uh the flashy more exciting things to watch i guess you can say in terms of how they're wording it mm-hmm. uh and yeah i would agree with that with the bds thing um 
being more of a team playing more of a team game and uh, putting that pressure on energy that way. It, it, it felt to me that they more often than not had control of the games. And I feel like that is a big part of it. You know, NRG would try to get touches that would beat, beat them or, you know, they'd be first to the ball, but their touch wouldn't necessarily be doing anything to advance a play or create a play or turn into an opportunity where BDS's touches were very calculated. They had purpose. They were usually going to a teammate or leading a teammate. And that just, it always seemed to be that NRG was on the back foot. Right. Uh, and, I, and I'm not games. saying NA doesn't do any sort of team play, because uh, especially at the high level, like at a higher level yet, yes, NA does have, like like G2 is probably my favorite play style to watch. I, I love the way they pass to each other. And I, I think they they play the best team game out there. Um, but just I think EU as a whole knows, knows how to do it better. Mm-hmm. Clearly, as yeah. demonstrated by <laughs> the weekend. But like if you watch G2 more closely, um, you see how like G2 passes a lot. And it's amazing to watch whenever it works. So then what separates a game, uh, a team like G2 from a team like BDS or, you know, many of the <sighs> EU teams that were just more successful on the weekend? Um, jet lag. No, no, <laughs> uh, no, I, I really, I mean, that's probably one of the hardest questions because whenever I, I think G2, G2's downfall is probably like, sometimes it's too much passing. Mm. Um, whereas they overextend because of how much they try to involve everyone in their, in the offense. Uh, and, and a lot of times they'll get caught they'll get caught overextended. Like, I think there was a few goals I saw go in and it's like, Oh no, it just went over their third man's head because he was mm -hmm. looking for a pass in the middle and it wasn't there, like not even close. And then it's just an open net. Like I G2 got scored on quite a few times where it was just a open net third man way overextended. Yeah. I feel like that is a staple of G2 <clears throat> rocket league. Unfortunately, <laughs> But when their offense is clicking and firing on all cylinders, like it just looks awesome with all the yes. passing plays they do. Yeah. So I want to hit the rewind button and go way, way back to when you first started the game or started that journey upwards. Uh, how how quickly would would you say that you moved up the ranks pretty quickly, or was it a, a gradual process? How how what was your first GC season? My first GC season was season nine. And I had stopped playing the game for a while because of school and finals in my senior year of uh, college. So I had stopped playing for a little bit um, when it came out or after it came out, I guess. And I hit season nine. I think I looked back at my ranks one time and I went pretty much an entire tier like each season so the very first season i hit the gold level like i have the little gold crown from season one uh like the original rewards mm -hmm. and uh when it switched i think my highest was like 
diamond one about and then from there i hit like diamond one one season the next season i finished like diamond three and then like then i went up to like champ two like it was a very like uh i went up a few tiers each season and i hit gc i think it was at 1100 hours uh in the game i hit gc okay how how did you manage to be so consistent in your progress like how are you spending your time in the game how are you like looking at the game that progress was just that consistent so so my my progress i I played um a lot less than most people so because i hit 1100 hours at nine seasons um so i guess you you can kind of see how long it took me to get there. Uh, mm-hmm. But I I mean, I actually hadn't ever. So, so uh, I started, I started streaming on Twitch in 2018. And that's when I started playing Rocket League a bunch. Like, like when I started streaming, rock, uh, streaming on Twitch, I started playing only Rocket League. And I was like, I want to hit GC. And before that, my highest was, I think, champ one or champ two. And I had never, I never watched a single stream on Twitch. I, I had never watched any Rocket League content. I never trained. I never played free play. I never did training packs. I never looked at any tutorials because it was more of a, just a casual, like I'm playing this with friends, having a good time. And then I started taking it serious when I started streaming because I was like, I want to hit GC. And then uh, I started doing like free play. Uh, replay reviews with a friend of mine uh he kind of taught me like the general rotation rules uh so so i didn't really start actually training i just played ranks just ranked with friends uh until i was about champ champ one so you got to champ one though without really working on anything without practicing anything just being a ranked grinder the ranked grinder, yep. And I would try the aerials and stuff and in game and eventually it worked and we kept trying. <laughs> and kept playing ranked and we slowly climbed up. Were you did you always play with the same people? Yeah, so it was two it was me and two of my high school buddies. Got it. Okay. So what were the first couple of things that really kind of slapped you across the face in terms of like opportunities for improvement when you started taking the game a little more seriously? Um, I had a buddy of mine. So, so a buddy of mine was like a little bit higher ranked than me. And he was like, dude, you actually like, like your, your decisions are pretty, pretty good for like what rank you are. He's like, you just need to practice and clean up your decision-making a little bit. Uh, he's like, and you actually be pretty good at the game. And I was like, huh, okay, well like, what am I doing wrong? And then we just started going over it. And I, I, I think I climbed up to 1600 uh, within a season like of hitting GC. Like I hit GC um, at the end of the season. And then the next season I had 1600. Wait, and so you, like, went oh, from, this- you went from champ one to GC and then up to 1600? uh yes like so i went i went to champ i went to champ one i went from champ one to i just touched gc uh in a season i didn't get the gc rewards 
And then season nine, I got the GC rewards and, and touched 1600. Okay. Well, since this is a podcast, that's primarily about getting better at rocket league. I know it, it's pretty easy to just kind of glaze over. You talk to one of your buddies and he said this, 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 and then I was GC, <laughs> but I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this would love to know what those things are. Um, well, it was just like my, my positioning and, uh, how to think of like playing the different, like the one, two and three and my, my, uh, I guess my strong suit would be the third man position. Cause I'm not a flashy player and I, I prioritize my decision-making, but in terms of training, I mean, whew, he gave me a, he gave me like notes and whatnot, and I would just follow that training regiment. Um, and then once I got to like, after I hit the 1600 level and got on, uh, I was trying to find teams at that time. Uh, I actually trained with, uh, Jake RL. He's, I think he's an OCE caster. Now he used to play for with tour sauce. Um, yeah, I feel like he's made some videos. Yeah, so it like, was right when he was getting into coaching. Uh, he had posted on Twitter that he was looking for people to work with, and I messaged him. And we ended up, I ended up getting a coaching session with him. Huh. And okay. so we did that. And uh, looking back on it now, it was, <laughs> it was a lot of 1v1. Because he saw where I was mechanically, and he was like, you need to become more of a consistent player. And he's like, I want you to this, this no, no joke. This is the first, I, I think first week of our training, he said, I want you to play one V ones and that's it. Just one V ones. Like I want you to be a one V one main for the next one to two weeks. And we, he made me make a spreadsheet. And I had to tell him what I was doing wrong and why I was losing games every uh, every time we went over it. Mm. So we did 1v1s. He showed me how to shadow properly. Uh, so I had to practice that. He showed me how to um, um, how to like think about attacking the ball in terms of like what's a bad challenge and what's not uh, in, in 1v1s. Because, I mean, you can you obviously have a little bit more slack in 2v2s and 3v3s because you have teammates behind you. But in 1v1s, you have to think more about your attack because of where you would end up after the play. And so mm -hmm. it was it was a lot of self, uh, self-reflection in terms of what I was doing wrong and going over that. Do you feel like that was beneficial for you? Uh, yes, because I, I became more of a, what am I do? What am I doing wrong? And not, uh, my teammates are holding me back. Oh yeah. Because that's... you get into a lot of ranked lobbies, like in two V twos and three, three V threes. And when you lose, you, you have a teammate that's, you usually have a teammate that's like, wow, my teammates are awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> It, that's, it's very that's it's it's very convenient for it to always be somebody else's fault. Yes. So it took it from from I don't care. Uh, it took it from like, man, why can't I get people that are like as good as me so we can win these games to um, 
what am I doing wrong and what can I do to uh, minimize those mistakes that I'm making? Because mm-hmm. I can't control what my teammate does. Um, right. I'm If I put myself in a position to score, I need to score. Uh, because if I miss that opportunity, I can't make my teammate score later on. Yeah, totally. So it's like, whenever I'm in the position to score, I need to seize that opportunity. And if I don't, I need to know that I didn't. Mm-hmm. You feel like that is a mindset that you really learn from working with Jake, though? It's not necessarily something that you had prior to that? Um, I, I would never was one to be like, my teammates suck, but I never like knew how to get better. And I think his, his, uh, training helped me see that, uh, it helped me keep, a, um, a level head in terms of, mm. uh, losing in one V ones. Like I never, like I basically I went from like, I would, I would get pretty heated. Like whenever I lose games, like I, I was, I would get pretty annoyed with the game. I would I'd say some choice words, uh, <laughs> But after, so I'd say after the 1v1 session with him, and that wasn't, that wasn't the only part of the training. Like we had different segments, but like the 1v1 session, which uh, I'm actually thinking back now, I said a, a week, it was actually four weeks of 1v1. He wanted me to main ones for a whole month because we did once a week where we looked at replays um, and went over the spreadsheet. But uh after that month, like I could play Rocket League 1v1s and I felt comfortable. Like I used to be pretty uh, anxious in 1v1s. I'd nervous and whatnot. And uh, my mindset going into games, if I get like, say you get matched up with a pro at the beginning of the season, I was like super shaky. It was like, oh man, it's a pro player. Like what if I mess up? He's going to think I'm the worst player alive. And then you mess up because you're thinking about it. And then like it takes off that pressure because I got used to it because you're the only person on the field that can score for you. And, mm-hmm. and then I, I became like this level headed player where if I messed up a shot, I didn't really care. Cause like everyone, like, not that I didn't care, but I was just like, I can't dwell on the past. I have to move on. And that that's, to me, that's the, the most important thing is cause like, you'll get into a game, you'll miss a shot and your teammates are like, nice shot. You suck. Or like you whiff, like you're awful. And then you'll be like, ah, damn, like I, I messed up. I'm bad at this game, but you just got to be like, you just got to brush it off. Like my, my teammate starts talking trash to me. I don't even pay attention to it. It's just, they, they can call me the worst names in the game and I'm just playing rocket league and you just move on because like, I missed the shot. What are, like, <laughs> what you want me to do? Press the rewind button. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what my mentality came became like it's like i missed a shot okay where do i need to be next like i'm gonna come back and try again what do you think that how did how did that form for you or what was the, what was the thought process that got you to be able to get to that point it was it was the looking back at my replays in 1v1s and then because whenever you do that um, you realize in these other playlists um, where you could have played differently. Uh, and so I don't get mad at what's happening because I know I messed up. And 
it's it's just like okay i gotta fix it because i'm not a pro player i'm i'm a grand champ 1500 player like i still make mistakes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh so like it was more just the self analytics that was getting me to uh, not get mad at myself and know that I'm still trying to get better. Like there's still, there's still so much room for me to grow because I'm not at the top. I might be at the top rank, but I'm not at the top of the player base in terms of skill. So like, I'm still going to make those mistakes and I still need to figure out what they are. And I think the biggest part of all of it is just not getting mad at yourself or at the game or anything like that. So how were you able to hone all of that in and, and not get angry at it? Um, like what is the perspective shift? I actually had to do so. So another part of the training was to, to do meditation as well. It was like a, like a, uh, mindset thing, mentality thing. Cause I told him how I was getting mad. Like I would get mad at the video game. I was like, so, like I would get frustrated and he's like, maybe you need just like a mental reset. Like, and, and he's like, this actually translates into like your regular lifestyle too, as well. So like, uh, and he went into like the whole meditation thing and we like, we started doing that. And I mean, it does, it, it changes your, your mentality in everyday life as well. So it's like a healthier lifestyle. Uh, leads to like just unlimited benefits. Uh, and I is would that say something, that is that something that you've carried forward? Absolutely. Yeah. Like if, if I just like feel like I'm having a, an off day, even like with work or whatever, like I'll get home and, and you don't have to like sit, sit down and close your eyes and meditate. Like it's just like taking a, a breather, like stopping for a moment and just kind of like trying to reset your, your mind. And whether that be a shower where you just go, stand in the shower and just try to like clear your mind of something. And it's just a breathing exercise or something. So like, yeah, I, I think that was one of the bigger things as well in terms of trying to change that mentality and not get hmm. as heated at yourself and the game and everything else. That's awesome. I love hearing that because it's it's pretty easy to get frustrated with this game especially oh, yeah. uh playing 1v1s and you, and at the beginning of the training he mentioned the meditation thing and i was like huh why and i i i just kind of thought of it as like a silly thing and then it it became like a like i i saw the ways it could help. And after I started doing it, I was like, I'll just do it. Cause like, what do I have to lose? Like, I might think it's silly, but whatever. And I did it and I was like, Oh, well, um, I was wrong. Like I was just like, yeah, I, I, I was straight up wrong. So you were hesitant at first or resisted it, but then what got you over the edge or what like pushed you to do it? Were you just really getting frustrated and then, oh, fine, whatever, I'll try it. Or what, what was that? Um, it was more so of like me respecting who Jake was. And it's like, well, I mean, he's obviously accomplished more uh, in this game than I have. So it's like, I'm sure he has some sort of uh, knowledge of what he's talking about. And it's like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but I might as well give it a try. Mm-hmm. And so I just gave it a try and I was, oh, this is, this is actually pretty nice. Like it, 
paid off. Nice. That's awesome. That's really cool to hear. Uh, I want to, again, take some steps back and see if we can get some clarification on uh, these first conversations that you had with your buddy that was better than you in terms of talking about rotations, decision makings, and how to look at different positionings or like when you're in different positions on the field. And obviously it's not as easy because this is just audio. We're just talking about different things. But maybe if you could outline some of the maybe umbrella ideas or some of the concepts that really helped you in terms of making better decisions or how to like maneuver yourself better on the field. Like what are some things that you changed in your game that really led to you having some more success as a player? Um, so it was like a, it was almost like I would call it a, um, like a, uh, I don't know the official terminology for it, but it's like a situational thing where it's like a yes, no question almost mm-hmm. where like, if, if yes, do this, if no, do this. Um, and like in terms of where you're playing it, it, you have two questions at each position and it's like in third man, it's like, if your team, if you're, if your teammate as a third man, you're only paying attention to your, your person on the ball. And it's like, you're only worried about him losing the ball. Uh, if you're third man, you're not trying to score. Um, you're not, you're not putting yourself in a scoring position. You're putting yourself in a, defending position so it's like your first man goes for the ball uh did he win the challenge if yes you stay third man if no uh you either challenge it or uh wait for it to come to you like whether or not like that's where the situational thing decision making comes in where it's like can i go for this ball maybe i should wait a little bit and then if you the more I think about it, the more confusing it is because you need like a diagram for it. <laughs> but uh, it's just like it's two like questions like that in each position, I guess. Uh, so it just like it kind of made it second nature in terms of like what I'm trying to do at the moment, because it's just like if this happens, yes, if not, OK, I'll stay here. Um, and then like, of course, the the easier part would be like. uh if you see two people in front of you, you're third man, like stay, stay back. Like you don't need to be pushed up if you see both your teammates in front of you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just kind of, it seems obvious, but I see it happen where people still don't make that assumption. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Or the thing of it is, is they just don't want to. Yeah, they don't want to, but uh, so like his main thing was, was like, it's, it's a triangle. You have three people. And you want to like circle around each other. So um, that being said, like your like your triangle rotates around. So like if your second man doesn't need to go for the ball, he just kind of flips out of the play and then you can move up and your first man moves out the way as well to the side. Uh, you just kind of keep going in that circle. Whereas before, like honestly, like thinking about it before that, I don't know what my mindset was because it's like, whenever he explained it to me, it was like, yeah, why wouldn't I think of that? What was I thinking before? Um, but the whole like rotating triangle thing, I guess, um, 
then again, it, it like I, I'm listening to myself and I'm, it sounds so ridiculous, like talking about it. I don't know how to explain it without a picture. Talking about which part? The rotation thing. Like, yeah, just like the game sense part. Like, I feel like I need a diagram. I'm, I'm like talking and making gestures with my hand <laughs> and realizing that no one can see me. So, um, yeah, like I, it was just like these little like instances of what you see in a like what you're looking for in the mm -hmm. in the game on the field mm -hmm. and uh turns out he's actually from uh europe so like i act i actually played with a friend that was from europe and so i think i got a little bit of insight of that eu gameplay sure i would say well and it seems to me as well that you are perfectly fine playing the role that is necessary to create a victory. Yes, exactly. Like it's, it's not, you're not necessarily chomping at the bit to get those flashy plays or score all the goals or do anything like that. You're like, your objective is getting the win. Right. Like sometimes in ranked, I find myself playing third man, like 80% of the game. Mm hmm. <laughs> Because like you have a, you just have this player that wants to just cut every ball mm -hmm. and as they call it ball chase, like he just wants to go for every ball. So like if I'm playing third man and I go to push up for something and I notice my teammate in the middle just cuts across the field and wants to go for it. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I got to back off and I'll turn around again and I'll play mm -hmm. third man. And it's like, it's, it's happened to where it's, it's done that like five plays in a row where like i'll just be like oh i guess i can't go now and it's and then time goes by and it's like hey i haven't hit a ball in a long time because my teammates just keep turning in front of me mm -hmm. and i don't know maybe i was playing too slow but at the same time it's like in rank like i'm not taking any i'm not making any assumptions in a solo queue game that my teammate uh sees where i am and looking for the pass because mm -hmm. i've been i've been punished more for playing for the past and not playing for the past and taking the easy way out. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about doing that? I mean, do you find that to be fun though? Uh, no, <laughs> it's not. That's why I started playing six men's again. Cause you can be in, you can voice chat and, and uh, you can make plays. You can tell your teammates where you are. Do you feel like, players are a little bit more team oriented in six mans or is it more just because you have the opportunity to communicate uh you have the opportunity to communicate because like sometimes when i'm playing six mans i can I, I i might be in a third man position and i can see the field better than someone else can and i can be like hey like i i mean this sounds this is going to be a more drawn out version of it, but in game comms, it would be a lot, brief, a lot more brief uh, where it's like, Hey, uh, like I, I can get this ball. You need to rotate out uh, where it's, or like I can be, I can say, I can say for like a certain teammate to turn back middle or whatnot. Uh, like if I, if I see a play that I don't want to go for, I can be like, Hey, so-and-so turn middle and, stay stay middle or whatever um mm -hmm. you can you can kind of drive the the play 
a little bit more in comms than you can in solo queue. Okay, so speaking of six mans, and you said earlier that you have just started trying to get back into Rocket League. So what took you away from Rocket League? What happened? Why the break? And how long has it been? Uh, we we couldn't play. Uh, like we didn't have a roster on the Alpine team and then uh, eventually disbanded. And I didn't really feel like looking for another team at the time. Um, and then also I uh, was introduced or not introduced. I, I found Escape from Tarkov again. I don't know if you've ever heard of that game, but I've been uh, popping on your stream every now and then, or I see when you're live and it's been a decent amount of escape from Tarkov. So it, it seemed like that is something else that holds a place in your heart for sure. Yeah. So I've been having a really good time playing that game and turns out a, a lot of people that play rock, like I've met a lot of people that play rocket league and Tarkov and it's been a pretty cool uh, experience, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's it's a very captivating game. Adrenaline, uh, adrenaline rush, whatnot. Um, but that's mainly what took me away from it. And it was more so just me uh, not wanting. So so when I was when our team disbanded, I was like, okay, well now I'm just a Rocket League streamer. Like I'm not uh, trying to play competitively anymore. And it's like I don't want to if I do decide to go the content creation route and make videos, I don't want to make rocket league videos. Um, I didn't really see where I could, I could fit into that uh, scheme. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I guess I could try my hand at Tarkov. And then it's a fun game. I, I mean, I played with my brother and uh, one of our friends and with the COVID thing, the pandemic or whatever, it was just a good way to, stay in touch and be able to have that time mm -hmm. uh, with, with my brother and whatnot. So it's just so, been, uh, it's been, a, it's been a really uh, captivating experience, I guess you can call it because of the, <laughs> uh, the adrenaline. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like it's a, an extremely complicated game and yes, it, uh, it's certain, it uh, very high stakes in terms of like, games anyways yeah there's always something to lose you go into a raid with the uh chance like i say you have a very good chance of losing everything right so which does not just imagine playing rocket league where if you went into a game and lost you would lose all the items that you were using exactly in that game That's i it. i would never play <laughs> but but the 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 other side of it is that there's also in-game currency that you can earn uh for free like you don't it's not like credits where you have to buy credits in rocket league to get another item uh it's fairly uh easy to make more money in the game and buy those items back wait what do you mean buy them back so so if, say so escape from target a first person shooter so say i have a a gun so i bring in a specific gun and i die with it and i lose it i can go buy another one with the money that i've made in previous raids oh, okay uh and build another version of that gun got it but it costs money so like if you keep dying eventually you're going to lose all your money 
uh, if you survive, then you can make that money back and then build another weapon. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 So like, uh, imagine like winning a rocket league game and you win credits and then you can buy more items. So you can have like more than one of that mainframe or something like that. Sure. Or, but, but you can also lose it if you lose a game. <laughs> so I, w I would love to have a limited time mode that has something like that. <laughs> that would be kind of uh, intriguing, I guess. Like just a, a wager mode that has its yeah. own items, like the tournament mode where you get credits, you can buy items, and then you could you, you could spend credits to make those items better. But if you go into a game with certain items, then you lose them if you lose. But then at the end of the limited time mode, you get to keep all the items you have at permanently. Yeah, that would be uh, fascinating. Hmm. I think so. That would be that would be very interesting. OK, so going back to, you know after after we got distracted by all this Tarkov. I've thought about playing Tarkov, but it seems like such an investment and and like such so much time to like really get into it and understand it and be good at that I've just I just haven't I I haven't been up for that commitment yet. Um what brought you back to Rocket League? Uh, I still watch RLCS and whatnot. Um, and I still played it. Like I would, I would hop on ranked and, and play and, uh, just cause I love the game. Like I still love the game. It's probably one of my favorite, like all time games that have been made just because it's, it's simple yet, um, addicting, I guess. Uh, and, sure. then, and then there's that, that, uh, self-improvement aspect to it where like you can, push yourself as high as you're willing to. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the team, the team play of it as well. So it's like, you can go play other online games like FIFA and like sports games. Like I played a lot of FIFA, but I controlled the whole team. Whereas this game, I control only, only myself. And uh, it's just like, a, I like the physics aspect of it. And, and the, the, uh, the grind, I guess, like being able to try to get constantly get better and play that competitive match. So it was never really that you were burnt out or frustrated or anything with Rocket League. It was more just being compelled by another game. Yeah. And, to... and I can't play I can't play Rocket League casually is what I found out. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like just playing it just to play it. Like some people can just get on Rocket League and play like on their alt account and and uh, just kind of mess around like it became to me it became it became a competitive just like uh it's escape, like a part-time job it, it was like i guess a part-time job but like i would get on rocket league after work and just kind of forget about my work day and just grind rocket league competitive like it, it just it made me work towards something and take my mind off of things and it was just and it's fun. Like I, I enjoy playing the game and the, the competitive side just adds so much to it. But you also wanted, like, do you feel like you play Tarkov casual? Like, is that a casual game for you then? It, it's like, 
Tarkov is a good mix between casual and and uh, trying. Like I, I still try to be the best I can, but there's no ranked mode in it. Mm-hmm. And like it just creates these situations that are unlike any other video game, like like any other first person shooter game. Tarkov is just so much different because it's not a, it's not that battle royale. It's not the uh, arcade shooter like Call of Duty. It, it's like it's these like very high stakes situational adrenaline rush moments where uh, you you just you can feel your heart beating because of what's what's happening around you. Mm-hmm. And it's it it's like I I don't know I I. I compared it to golf. Uh, golf is not a spectator sport, but it's actually really fun to play. Um, mm. Whereas, like, I didn't see the appeal in Tarkov until I played it. And uh, I, I, that's a really wild analogy, but like, just in that aspect, not like the sport and everything, like, just the fact that, like, I didn't see the appeal of golf until I played it. Whereas like uh, escape from Tarkov, I didn't see the appeal of it until I played it. And it's just, it, it kept me, it it hooked me and it kept me away from other first person shooter games. Sure. I, I can, well, and I, I feel like, you know, if you enjoy something that is a little bit of a grind, something that gives you a challenge, yeah. I mean, in most games do give you a challenge, but Tarkov is just like, a, oh, you think you know how to play video games <laughs> or, you know, you think, you know, you've had it tough in other things. Come try yeah. this out. It, the, the learning curve is actually insane. Like, I think when you first start up, start up the game, the developers have a message that shows up and it's like warning, you will die a lot. <laughs> it's just like kind of comical that when you think about it, it's like, yeah, uh, they weren't joking. Like their, their objective is to make the game as hard as possible. Yeah. And I, I feel I was just watching moon moon play Tarkov. He's, I don't know if he's ever played it before, but he said in his, like his stream title is new and playing Tarkov. Uh, and from the little that I know, there are these extraction points, but they don't ever tell you where they are. Do they like, you have to figure that out on your own. There's no in-game map, so you have to learn the map uh, on your own. You can look at a map, but it's it's like being on the road and looking at a road map in your hands. Like it's not a GPS where it shows you where you are on the map. Right. So you can look at a map on your second monitor, your phone, whatever, but it doesn't show you where you are. Right, and it's and then- not in the game. You just get like and that's that's not necessarily a mechanic of the game you can pull one up on a second monitor like you said but that's not in tarkov that's right. not the way the game there, was designed there is like there is a map you can get in game but it's mm. very uh very vague like no one you literally no one uses it right yeah that it just sounds like if I'm ever in the mood to be, I mean, you, you have to be willing to take a lot of punishment to (laughs) eventually enjoy that game. I I tell new players that you have to go through the, uh, I call it, I call it the suck phase. Cause like for a few months that I played it, I was just, I, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I, I died a (laughs) lot. I would just, I would find myself just sitting in positions where like I was, 
I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't know where to move. I was like, somebody's going to hear me and shoot me. I'm going to make all this noise. I don't know where to find all these items. And yeah, I just, I call it the suck phase. Cause you just have to figure all those things out on your own. Which is so, which is so funny because that's like the exact opposite of rocket league where so many, I've heard so many people say that they, that they long for, you know, those first couple of years of playing rocket league where you're just kind of having fun. You still, everybody sucks and you know it, but mm-hmm. you're just having fun chasing around the ball and scoring the random goal or getting this amazing touch, but it turns into this amazing own goal on yourself. Like, <laughs> you know, those redirects that you always get on your own goal, but can never get on the other one oh, kind of situation. And uh, like the early stages of rocket league are so fun, but the early stages of Tarkov just sound like torture. Yes, they are. Well, okay. So, so the early stages of rock of Tarkov, you normally play, I say normally, you usually get into the game because of a friend. And so like you have that friend to sort of guide you, uh, to the best of their ability. Um, in terms, I mean, they can only guide you in terms of explanation. So the rest of it has to just come from you experiencing it. And, the uh i kind of forgot where i was going with this (laughs) the you just have to learn those 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 experiences on your own because you have to be in the situation like it's there's no tutorials there's no uh yeah there's no just like if you do this this is going to happen every time Mm -hmm. you have to you have to just kind of learn by I call it, I also call it learn by dying. Um, totally. Because you'll, you'll die and you'll be like, where the heck, where the heck did this come from? I don't know. And, and then you'll die another time. You'll be like, Oh, okay. Well I was here. Maybe I shouldn't go there again next time. And so you don't go there next time. And then you die from, from some other place. And it's just a chain reaction of like learning the places you shouldn't go. It's like <laughs> that Tom Cruise movie the day after tomorrow. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, that's the one with like all the uh, catastrophic catastrophic events. No, it's the tomorrow? no maybe oh end of tomorrow end of tomorrow. Uh, oh gosh, the day after tomorrow is the Jake Gyllenhaal ice movie. But I'm thinking of Tom Cruise day. Yeah, the day after tomorrow is the one with all the like end of the world stuff. Yeah, that's now what end of tomorrow. Tom, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Have you seen that movie? Um, a while back. I probably only saw it once. Live, die, repeat. Oh man, I loved it. But it, I mean, it's the it's it's very similar to the whole like Groundhog Day phenomenon. Have Have you seen Groundhog Day, the movie? Don't let me down uh, here, Jake. I don't, I don't think I have. Oh, man. I, dude, I Okay, so I'm a weird person with movies is where like I don't rewatch movies. And so if I saw it, uh, yes, I have seen this movie. Um, I don't remember it, though, because, I mean, it's Bill Murray, but I, I've... I've it's definitely worth a rewatch. I was, if you don't remember it at all, okay, so I would strongly I was, recommend you watching it again. I was born in 1993, the day this, the year this movie came out. Um, 
and you probably and saw probably it when you were watched like it when I was I probably watched it when I was like really young and I just I just don't rewatch movies <laughs> that you can even remember that Jeez I mean Louise. I don't remember that I I don't remember when I watched it but I know I remember this because my dad had like this huge like uh pack of DVDs and because he did a lot of traveling for work so like he would always mm. watch movies while he's working or like traveling for work and so I remember this movie, like, and I've watched pretty much all of them at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Got it. Because it's Bill Murray. I remember him. I know his face. I remember this yeah. cover or whatever. I but mean, yeah, that like is, I just, that is a just classic. Yeah. Maybe, so, I mean, we might have to revisit it. The, the premise of both of those movies in very different ways is the main characters are repeating the same day over and over again. And they are working towards like a, a goal and they get to a certain point, they try something, they screw up and then they have to start over. And then they get to a certain point, they try something different and then they screw up or it goes well. And then, you know, they might get to the next point and then have to try something. And it's just this constant revisiting of the same day over and over again and trying to learn how to achieve the goal that they're trying to achieve. And uh, that sounds very much like Tarkov where, and I think to the same point, there are, there are facets of that in Rocket League where whether it's in training packs and you're trying something to learn something new and you have to try 10 or 20 or a hundred different ways of doing it wrong before you figure out how to do it right. right. Or you get into a certain rotational position and you do something wrong so many times that you finally decide to try something new and then you finally get it right. Yeah. And that's true. Cause I've, I've been doing things where it was like, I was practicing air dribbles and I would, like, I would do them over and over and over and I'd be like, Oh wait, that worked. And then you can try to repeat that. And then uh, you get that like aha moment where you're like, this is what I need to do. And then you can continue on your practicing and it kind of gives you that motivation to keep going and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. repetition 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 right and just having the stomach for that repetition is a yeah. is a huge part of it yeah and it sounds like you're just a glutton for punishment if you're spending your time <laughs> playing rocket league and escape <laughs> from tarkov so. sounds like it now that you put it that way uh i'm starting <laughs> to question myself <laughs> please don't i sometimes that can be a good thing sometimes before we start winding things down, I'm curious if you have, so if you could maybe, and I I know I tried to get you to do this once already, um, and it was hard without being able to diagram things out, but say, I know that there are a good chunk of folks that listen to this show that live in like the, the high plat to like champ one area in rocket league. If you, could synthesize how to make those decisions or improve on the decision-making rotational positional side of Rocket League, what are some things that you would suggest people do? Um, okay, so if you're in like the plat range or whatever, um, if if I was in plat right now, every day I, I would be getting on and I would spend time in training packs. Um, I would just, I would, I would practice 
fundamentals, as I, I call them. And I, I put that into the category of uh, shooting consistency, shooting power, and uh, boost management slash uh, recovery. So I don't like as a plat, I wouldn't really care too much about flip resets because you, you see a lot of these players, they go into free play and they just practice flip resets and double taps all day long. Um, but they get these opportunities to score the ball because let's be honest, defense at the platinum level is actually not that good. Um, you, you get these opportunities to where you can just put this shot on net that they they miss out on because they don't practice their shooting enough. And so like I would be constantly practicing a shooting pack when I get on for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes if I had the time. Uh, whereas these guys could probably do it that much or longer. And you just become, uh, it just becomes a, a habit of like when you see that ball and you go to put a shot, you don't even have to think about it. Um, and then that like, that's like the training side of things because I didn't do that when I was at a plat level. Uh, I didn't practice those shooting packs and whatnot. Uh, so I would be wanting to be really consistent at shooting the ball in net with power and just managing my boost. A lot of these players boost when they don't need to. Uh, and they, and it's done at all levels, not just plat. It's, it's still done at the grand champ level where I'll have a teammate that's constantly spamming me boost because he's jumping at everything that hmm. uh, comes towards him. And so it would be just, just to get those fundamentals down as best as you can because you have time later on to practice the flashy stuff. You don't want to get... You don't want to get to a point where you're grinding for GC and you still can't score a simple shot. And then that turns into the positional, the rotation thing where uh, if you're playing first man uh, and you, so you're playing on the ball, you're, you're only, you're, it's the easiest position to play. You're, you're trying to make a play on the ball. You're trying to score, pass, or 50. If you're playing second man, the only thing you're worried about is a pass coming in the middle. You don't want to interfere with your with your first man's ball. Uh, you want to look out for that pass in the middle, uh, or or uh, like fifty. Like if the ball's about to be, about to be fifty, if the uh, if the pass doesn't come, rotate out to third. If the pass is there, you can go for the shot. Um, and then as third man, the only thing you want to be doing is playing behind your teammates. And if the ball is, if, if your first man loses the ball and it's a good time for you to challenge, you can push up because your second man should be rotating behind you. Uh, so that's like the, that's the things I look for in terms of like each position I play. It's, it's, uh, it, it sounds complicated and I'm promise you it makes, makes more sense with a diagram, but uh, there's, there's different, so like there's different focuses of each play. First man, you want to make a play with the ball. Second man, you want to look for a pass. Third man, you want to look for any type of uh defensive play. Mm -hmm. I think that that probably sums it up better than I did last time. <laughs> uh, cause it's, it was more brief points of each position. But this is, this is just like Tarkov. You get to try something, you screw it up, and then you try it again. <laughs> You're right. You're right. We had the opportunity to uh, correct that mistake. I wouldn't say it was a mistake. Let's not go that far. 
Well, I, I appreciate that. And I think at the end of the day, the, the, one of the most important things that you said is if you see two people in front of you, you are the third man. Right. And it gets so to you, stay that way until somebody shows you otherwise. Yes. So, so if you're playing third man, the things I look out for is whether or not my, my first man is going to win the ball. And then if he doesn't win the ball, I pay attention to my second man because he might want to cut in. He's not always going to rotate out like you would think he would. So you have to pay attention to that second man as well to know whether or not he's giving you the opportunity to push up as well. Mm -hmm. So like sometimes he might cut in and you're going to just say, oh, I have to stay third. Mm -hmm. and, and I think those are the more intricate things that come along with really wanting to make good decisions in Rocket League. Yeah. And 1v1s open your eyes. It opens your eyes to uh, challenges and like smart challenges because, uh, you know, you start to realize what you can and can't win. Mm -hmm. That That's one of the main things I get from 1v1s. Like I don't play 1v1s because it's like, oh, 1v1 is going to make me better at everything. No, 1v1 is going to kind of clean up my uh, decision making in threes where it's like if I'm playing third man and my first man loses the ball and it's like, wait, I've had this situation in 1v1s where I can't get to that ball before the other guy gets to that ball, so I'm going to shadow this and wait for him to take another touch was and position there, myself appropriately. Was there like a website or app or anything that Jake suggested to you for the meditation stuff? Where did that all come from? He had a YouTube video uh, that he showed me, and it was just it was more so just like some uh, study of like the benefits of meditation. And then like just some exercises to try. Hmm. Okay. Do you still have that? I would, I would imagine so. I would just have to dig it up in discord. Okay. I wasn't sure if, uh, if it's still around, I'd love to link it. If not, I'm sure I could find some other things that are okay. kind of, yeah, like it was, we didn't but... spend a whole lot of time on it. It was just like, Hey, uh, I like to tell my students that uh, I like, I like to try to get them into meditation because it helps with your mentality. And uh, this is a really good uh, video to look into the studies and some good exercises to do. Mm -hmm. Sure. And it was just a really brief uh, introduction to it. And he's like, watch this video. If I'd like you to try it, cause I think it'll really benefit you. And if you don't want to do it, I can't make you do it. So that's a very a very reasonable approach from him yeah that's the 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 blessing and curse of coaching right you can give every anybody the best advice then they either are going to do something with it or they're not exactly cool man but yeah I, well, I can look for it i can look for it and yeah it. if you if you wouldn't mind i'd love to be able to uh link that down below so uh either way i know I, have you ever are you familiar with uh healthy gamer at all uh have you no. seen that guy so there's a psychiatrist he's he went through harvard med school he's a psychiatrist um but he streams on twitch uh okay. and he's interviewed like a lot of big streamers and just talked about different things he doesn't do like therapy on stream because I think for whatever reason, that's not necessarily legal. 
mm-hmm. but he does like a lot of coaching with people. Um, and he calls this, he's, he started this organization called healthy gamer GG, basically just trying to like empower gamers and, and lift them up and give them skills, uh, to be better people. Um, okay. super cool guy. Uh, really have enjoyed some of his interviews and some of his videos, but he, before he went into med school, he thought he wanted to be a monk. So I don't know how many years he went away. He's, he's Indian, but he went to India, I believe to like train as a monk. So he got a lot of that Eastern training as well in terms of like meditation and like their philosophies and the religion and then brought that back and his and you know injected that into the psychology and the therapy as well so it's this really cool combination of both things but he's talked a lot about meditation on his on his stream so i'm going to see if he has like a introduction to meditation or something like that and i'll be sure to link that okay. down yeah, as well awesome. um and i'll i'll even share it with you like there's there's uh like he has a video, what even is meditation, choose your meditation, daily meditation, uh, like all of these different meditation videos are on his on his channel. And I think I'll just leave this link uh, in the show notes down below if you're interested. And, and Jake, I will share this with you right now as well, if you want to check it out. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, that's a really cool resource, one that I would suggest if if meditation is something that might be of interest for you. It it is something that I've spent time with in the past. It's been years since I've like made it a part of my uh, daily regimen or something that I've tried to do on a consistent basis. But now now you have me thinking about it again. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a game changer. It actually it really is. Is it something you would say that you still consistently practice now? Uh, Again, I guess just like you said, it may not be something that you're like sitting down and actually going through the process of doing something, but just like it, just catching a deep breath I, or taking I do a minute it, to catch yourself. I do it um, fairly often before bed. Mm. Like I'm, I'll, I'll just be laying in bed and, it's just like a wind, like it helps me wind down whenever I get in bed and like you, you just take that, like you do that breathing exercise or whatnot. Like you just mm-hmm. relax yourself and, uh, and then I'll do it. The, the most common time is a weekend morning. Um, I'll just get in the shower and just kind of try to relax. Like just, uh, stand in the warm water and try to clear your mind or take a, take a bath or something and mm-hmm. clear your mind that way. Like it's just do something relaxing and take your mind off of things. Sure. 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 Nice. Yep. Cool. Well, I feel like, uh, even in the last 15 minutes, we've jumped around to all kinds of good stuff. <laughs> uh, but as, as always, I, I usually, I not usually it's been literally the same way every single time I have a guest on uh, wine, start winding down the show. But uh, do you have any final thoughts for the infinite boost listeners? Uh, it sounds like it's uh, the audience, the general audience is people that are 
trying to improve in Rocket League. And uh, to that, I say uh, prioritize the training, uh, the training packs, the tools at your disposal. Because when Rocket League first started, it's nowhere near what it's at now with that with like Steam Workshops and uh, the training packs that have developed and the new mechanics that have been discovered. Uh, use all that to your advantage. And uh, when you're playing with a team, uh, try to find people that have a, a like-minded mentality and people that are open to criticism and want to get better at the game. And uh, keep keep trying to push that rank higher and higher. And if you screw up, just try again. <laughs> just try again. Just go right back to uh, square one and try again. There you go. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I my my most common place is my stream on Twitch. I am not the best at social media, so my Twitter is. Uh, probably not the best place. I, I, I always tell people I suck at social media just cause I don't like sharing what I'm doing. I've always been a fairly private person. And, uh, so yeah, Twitch, Twitch is definitely the most common place. I'm trying to, uh, motivate myself to be more active on TikTok in terms of posting stuff, uh, whether that be some sort of tutorial on whatever game I'm playing. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, Twitch, Twitch is probably the best place I stream Tuesday, Thursday, and weekends. So pretty much every other day. Uh, gives me the best time, the most time to spend with my uh, family. So, And nice. also keep a, uh, a consistent stream schedule because I do love video games and hopefully can share that with my, uh, my little guy one day. Nice. And then last but not least, uh, I always give my guests an opportunity to ask a question of the audience as well. damn you caught me off guard on that one um that's what i'm here for a question for the audience (laughs) i'm not good at these you put me on the spot i need some some rehearsal some time to think well i don't edit these things so the more seconds you take yeah, the longer I mean, the episode is. I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, I, I, shoot, man. Um, it could be about anything, so don't feel like it. It could just be whatever comes to your mind first. So, so my question, like to the audience, yes, and for so for them to, they ask would themselves. respond to you. Come by your Twitch stream and answer it. Sometimes they just talk uh, about it in the Discord. They might. Okay respond on twitter who knows who knows where it might be but uh yes you ask them a question they answer you okay so i will say this for uh for for rocket league i will say um what what do you think is more important um being a team player and uh, more of a positional player or being more of a mechanical player? And you probably have gotten that question before. No, I don't, I don't know that that specific question has ever been asked. So I, I want to know what, which one and why, 
why do you think that way? Because right. that can that can kind of go into uh, like a, a more of a debate, I guess, and open open your eyes to the other side. Sure. Nice. Let him know. Let us know. Make sure to get some uh, answers in. And uh, one thing that I I've started to do is also uh, anchor has given me the opportunity to just like put a question on my episodes and it shows up if on Spotify, if you listen on Spotify, not everybody does, but you can like answer the question right on there, which has been pretty cool. I've started to get a good number of responses on there, which has been fun to actually like hear directly back from people that may not be uh, in the discord already. Uh, But cool. That's great. Make sure to get some answers back to us. Um, Good neighbor, neighbor, Jake. Thanks so much for the time. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Uh, And always, uh, thank you for the boost. 